Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin, presented by Horseshoe Huddle, Fan Nation, and Sports Illustrated. Uh, man, this is our season right here. This is what we live for. We live for draft season. Destin, my good friend, always does a draft guy every year. Make sure you go out and get that. I'm sure he's working on it very diligently. He didn't ask for my help, which I appreciate. I'm busy doing the Audibles and Analytics podcast with John Ledger every week discussing different prospects. We talked about tight, the tight end class this week. We talked about edge rushers for the past three weeks. So if you haven't heard that, go out and listen to that. Before we get into this great guest that we have today, I'm going to ask Destin really quickly, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I mean, the combines come and gone. It's like that first step into the offseason is gone. Free agency's coming up. You know, I mean, Colts fans' favorite thing, free agency, since we're so active when it comes to free agency. Um, but that's right around the corner. So the offseason's full swing. I feel like we were all ready for the offseason, like, week five of the regular season. Um, so, so it's good to finally be here. But I'm excited for the guests we have coming on. Yeah, man, I, I guess today is a guy that I've been a big fan of long before I was even, you know, doing media work covering the Colts. Uh, it's a guy that covers the Colts for The Athletic. And the last time he was on our show, man, he made my eyes water. He was talking about his luck piece that, you know, his podcast that he did and, and how beautiful it was and how it made me feel. Uh, our guest today is the one and only Zach Kiefer. Zach, how are you doing, my friend? I, I promise... I'm good. I'm good, Shell. I promise not to make you tear up tonight. I don't know if those were good <laughs> tears or bad tears, but I'm here. So, okay, I, I, I'm gonna hold you to that because it depends on the, the episode. It depends on the episode which which tears it was. Really, when, when we get true. to talking That's about true. these these in house free agents, I may I may tear up a little bit. But I know you, both of you guys fresh off the combine. I know you guys was there and you heard a lot of things. You got to see a lot of things. Uh, Zach, I'm gonna ask with you first. What was your biggest takeaway, coach-related, from the combine this season? My biggest takeaway was what I was thinking in my head when I left Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday night um, mm -hmm. after watching these guys throw. And, and and obviously the caveat is they're throwing on air. It's it's mostly scripted. It's not real football. I mean, Anthony Richardson is a monster athlete. Like, when you see him – like, you guys remember those old Vortex footballs, those little orange things? Like – the Squish. NFL football looks like that in his hands, but that's not my takeaway. Um, Stroud really impressed me. CJ Stroud really impressed me. I thought he answered a lot that I had going to the week because I didn't know that much about him sort of like I wanted to get the up-close experience. I wanted to hear him talk and see how he handled the podium, and I wanted to see him on the field. And, you know, we're kind of putting all the pieces together right now. We don't know what the Colts are going to do. The Colts don't know what they're going to do. But I think if we align the pieces, Stroud does make a lot of sense. And I think he checked some boxes for me last week in terms of his demeanor, his maturity, his accountability. And other people are going to disagree, and that's fine. That's the fun part of the next seven weeks. But on the field, he feels like a pretty impressive prospect as well. He's he's big. He didn't look diminutive compared to Richardson. I mean, everybody kind of does, but um, he didn't look like Bryce Young kind of did. And <laughs> – Young's tape is is really impressive, but Stroud, I feel like to some degree it makes sense. That's That was my main takeaway from every person I talked to last week and then what I saw with my own eyes. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Stroud won the week for me as well. I mean, Anthony Richardson, like, like Zach just said, is a freak of nature. Um, if going into combine week you didn't think Anthony Richardson was going to test crazy, you really just didn't watch him on tape at all. Um, now, what he did was still super impressive. I mean, became the most athletic-built um, body of work of any quarterback that's ever ran through the combine using the He's the RAS. most athletic quarterback we've – we've ever seen probably ever I mean, prospect ever 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 like yeah exactly like and, and the crazy thing is whenever you have these guys come through usually they're a little bit smaller and that's why they're so shifty athletic like this man's built like a linebacker 6'4 248 pure muscle um I bet seeing him in comparison to the other guys, I mean, even Stroud and Levis, who aren't below average in size. Um, yeah, they're like great Young. athletes. Yeah, but then you see Anthony Richardson at 6'4", 248, comparative to those guys, and it's kind of crazy to just look at him and be like, 
pick them in a line. Like, which one of those guys is the is the athletic freak? Oh, it's the biggest one. That that's nuts. That's still a nuts part to me. But I mean, for CJ Stroud, the guy is so robotic in his mechanicals of the game. Like right. every single pass, it, it was copy and paste. Footwork, arms, it's very everything. repeatable, and I like that. And I, yeah, that's a good point. That's very repeatable, and and the footwork was really solid. And he didn't look like he was straining to throw the ball 40 yards, right? Like, look, you guys watched every game last season. Like, it looked like the Colts quarterbacks were. You know, Matt Ryan was was laboring to get down the field. And they didn't have a great arm. And and this dude was very smooth with his mechanics. And his footwork was really good. And he can just launch it. Like, and that Richardson can too. And Levis certainly can too. But um, it was very compact, smooth, efficient motion with his throwing motion. Yeah, and one of the things that C.J. Stroud that I always questioned, you know, before the Georgia game was his ability to feel pressure and create because that was the biggest knock that they had on him. And after that Georgia game, man, it was hard to come away from that game not feeling like he is arguably the the most the safest prospect, the safest prospect of them all, and a guy that I think people are low on his ceiling. But I think it's really just about how good CJ wants to be. If CJ has the mentality to keep continue to improve, I think he does have a, a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL type of ceiling if he puts it all together. Just because a guy wasn't asked to do something like create and run around in the park, he wasn't asked to do that at Ohio State. So Justin Fields wasn't either. And we saw what he did with his legs once he entered the league. I think CJ Stroud is going to be a sneaky good tester at his pro day. And he's going to surprise a lot of people just like he did in that Georgia game. And if he does do that, he can find himself at the top of his quarterback rankings, man. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the variety of different teams that have these quarterbacks ranked. I saw Destin talking about that the other day. One guy may, one team may have Richardson, one team may have Levis. Who knows? You know the way these teams are thinking, and I don't think Colts have a clear cut idea of what they're going to do just yet. I think once they get together and, and, and sort some things out and figure out what's worth betting on. That's the only reason I can see them actually trading up is if they get that conviction, like Ballard said, on one of these guys, which is going to be tough to do, man. It just depends on what you like and what you want. So I think you're right. I think any three of those guys could be the number right. one quarterback for depending the team. But you made a good point, Shad. Like we talking about these quarterbacks, and that's fine. But this might be more about the man making the pick than the quarterback they take. So what do we know about the guy making the pick from this end, right? From Indianapolis. Ballard has repeatedly said over the years that he loves the ability to scramble. And I know Jim Merce wants that in his next quarterback. He really wants that. All of these guys that in some degree. Ballard has always said you still have to win from the pocket. You still have to win from the pocket. And the best quarterbacks in this league are still doing that. Now, the pocket passer might be a thing of the past, the Brady's, but like Rogers can move even at his advanced age and Mahomes and all those guys, Allen, Burrow, et cetera. But I still feel like Richardson is a bit of a stretch for this team at four because he's not as good of a quarterback as he is athlete. Right. And Ballard is not ruling out the fact that he would have to sit or whoever would have to sit for a year that's on the table, but you still have to win from the pocket and, and Ballard really values accuracy deep downfield accuracy i think if you talk to a lot of people in this league they value two things on top of the scrambling ability it's legit like nfl accuracy which not every guy has and the ability to process quickly obviously yeah. and if you talk to a lot of people about cj stroud there are holes none of these guys are perfect he's a really accurate thrower you like that oh by the way you have a quarterback coach in shane steichen a head coach who's essentially your quarterback coach your oc and your head coach who has worked with varying skill sets of different degrees and, and elevated each one of these guys in different ways. So I think it's fascinating, but I'm excited to see what they do. And I think what they do is a reflection of where they think they are. Yeah. I mean, so like Rashad said, I kind of put this out. I, I've talked to team representatives of four different teams, just weighing on like how the, their team and what is the vibe around where their building is. And all four, I mean, there was three different quarterbacks that had number one rankings that were given back to me. 
um, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson all had number one spots when I talked to these four different teams. Um, so like, that, that's a crazy part of it. Now, I don't know if this has been out there, and Zach, you were down at the Combine a little bit, so I don't know if you heard this rumor going around as well, but there are people that are saying that they had talked to CJ Stroud's team who didn't run the 40, but his team was telling teams that they believe he's going to run in like the high four fives. And he didn't run the 40 here. So we'll see if he goes to his pro day and he does run it. And he is able to show that time, um, which I do understand, I guess. He was in the same group as Anthony Richardson. Um, so he maybe didn't want to test um, when you have to test right beside that guy. Knowing if what I'm he's CJ do. Stroud, I'm like, turn on the Georgia tape. If you don't think I can run, turn on the Georgia game. Man. I'll, hey, oh. I'll be at his pro day in March at in Columbus. I'll let you guys know what he runs. I'll time it myself, and I'll let you guys know what he runs. I don't think <laughs> yeah. athleticism is a problem for C.J. Stroud after what I, I saw. I agree. In the I, I agree against Georgia, the best team in college football. I agree. I think there's multiple games you could throw. The Georgia one. Uh, me and Rashad like to joke around that anytime we watch quarterback tape, we have to end with C.J. Stroud versus Georgia just to put us in a good mood and end the in the yeah. day because it's just like teach tape just the entire game. Um, but the Wisconsin tape um, from this past year is another one where you see Stroud move through the pocket. You see him move around. Stroud is not immobile. I think people um, look at the word mobility and think that there's only two realms, that you're either super mobile at the quarterback position or you're immobile. Um, that's not the case. Um, and I'm not saying that C.J. Stroud is going to run that high four fives. Um, the rumor going around that people are hearing is that teams were being told that Stroud's team believes he will run a high four five. Um, and I mean, if he, if he runs a high four five, Oh, he's the number one quarterback without a oh, doubt. It's in not my even opinion. a con. You, you can't even use it as a con in his game anymore to say that he doesn't have the speed or the agility to move around. Like, if you're running in the high four fives as a quarterback, I think people forget because of these freaks run in the four two, four threes at times, how fast that actually is. I mean, Patrick Mahomes at the next level, he, he ran a four eight at the combine. And he's a mobile um, quarterback, and, you know. And Patrick Mahomes, if, if you try to tell me that man doesn't extend plays. You probably haven't watched Patrick Mahomes. I think Joe, I think CJ Stroud is just as mobile as a guy like Joe Burrow, you know, and Joe Burrow is not the most athletic guy. He's not going to run a four, four, 40 yard dash, but the way he feels pressure in the pocket and can move enough to escape the pocket and threaten the defense is all the mobility you need. You don't, you don't need to be Anthony Richardson and run a four, four, three down the field. Sure. It would be exciting if you can take an 80 yard run for a touchdown, but that's not, that's not what you're going to live with from down to down. You have to be accurate. You have to throw with anticipation. You have to move around the pocket. You know, it, those are the things that you need from a down to down basis. Yes, CJ Stroud has a clearly a big enough arm. We saw that at the combine to make all the throws. And I think his accuracy allows him to hit every part of the field. And that's what he's going to use to threaten the defense. The defense know they have to cover every blade of grass because C.J. Stroud can throw a, a pass with anticipation, a pinpoint accurate pass to any part of the field, and they have to play him honest. And different quarterbacks are going to win with different ways, but C.J. Stroud is definitely going to win from the pocket before he destroys you with his athleticism. And, and that's that's what I want. And this is just my opinion, but I want a guy who can win from the pocket. Like, you got to mm -hmm. make the throws. But I think it was a question popped up on the screen it's not a question of whether cj stroud can do it can run it's just that he didn't show it very much and i think that's a question that he got a lot in the interviews last week and i liked what he said about this he kind of owned it he was like look i regret it i didn't run as much as i should have and the michigan game's probably a good example although the defense was getting in the second half yeah. but i think that's good for him to just come out and say look i didn't do it as much as i should have and then they just they just opened the governor in, in that Georgia game and he showed what he could do. I mean, there was nothing he didn't show in that semifinal and that's good. And that's, that's, what's going to be so fascinating about this pick because there's no Joe Burrow. There's no Justin. There's no, there's no sure thing at the top of this draft. And I think Richardson doing what he did, even though it was the underwear Olympics helps the Colts spot a little bit, because I think more teams are going to be comfortable with three to four quarterbacks, as opposed to just two, Maybe that means the Colts don't have to move up. They probably still do. We'll find out. But um, someone's going to take a someone's going to take a bet on Anthony Richardson. Probably a team like the Lions or the Seahawks who can let him sit for a year or two mm -hmm. that are right behind the Colts. But I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. But 
Um, yeah, I think that's a fair knock on Stroud, and, and he's going to have to show it in the, in the next level. Yeah, man, and uh, that's really what, you know, we was focusing on at the Combine, and, and I kind of want to switch gears here, you know, because this is a big week for, for a lot of Colts fans. With free agency starting next week, now I, I urge the people to be a little cautious going into free agency. Remember, Ballard's not a first-wave type of guy. He typically likes the market to settle a bit before he – makes his move and strategically operates within free agency. I know you guys are going to kill me. Trust me, I'm, I'm fine with it by now. But before we get to outside free agents that we can that we can talk about a little bit later, uh, we're going to talk about our in-house free agents. And I'm going to ask you guys, both of you guys, I'm going to say a name. You guys say yay or nay on whether you think they'll be back. You can give a quick reason if you like. If, if, if it's one of those names that don't even intrigue you too much, you can just give – what do you think they'll uh, return? And that's it. I'm going to start off with Yannick Ngakwe. I say nay. I think Ballard is ready to roll with Dio and Quiddy at defensive end. It's a little bit of a gamble, but um, I, I just I don't think they're going to pay Ngakwe what he wants with these two young guys that are not totally proven waiting for their chance. Yeah, I, I'm going to say nay as well, um, the Dio aspect. Um, I also think um, the day two element of the edge rushers in this class are pretty solid, um, and I could see Ballard looking to add a piece there as well um, and spend money elsewhere and let Yannick walk. And, yeah, it makes sense. You know, if, if Yannick was to walk, and like you say, Dio takes a, takes a big step, then you go get a kind of a veteran guy to play behind those guys. You can probably sign him for half the money you use on Yannick anyway. So that, that makes sense. That just makes total sense, actually. Uh, next guy is an interesting guy, Taekwon Lewis. He's such a good dude, and yeah. he's had such bad luck. I say no, simply because of injuries. Like, in a perfect world, if, if Taekwon stayed healthy the last two years, he's such a good rotational piece. But you can't bet on him, and he's finished two years in a row on IR. And you'd love to have him as your fifth or sixth guy, but you, you just can't bank on him. And, and I just I just keep coming back. Um, I, so I, I would agree with Zach. Um, I'm going to say yay just because I don't think he's going to have a market. Um, and guys who don't have a market on the in-house level, um, those are usually one of Ballard's favorites to sign early. Uh, if You're we're right. going to see him move Marlon early, Mack like a couple those, years ago, like those yep. are the ones that we kind of see at times. Um, so I don't think Taekwon's going to have much of a market. Maybe um, Old Chicago takes another um, Indianapolis Colt, and we have like that connection a little bit in Chicago. But I, I just don't see Taekwon because of those injuries having much of a market, and because of that, like I could just see him back for cheap. Okay, this next guy is a guy that I'm just going to give a little disclaimer. I'm probably a little higher on him than anybody else. I can argue that this guy is probably a top five Ballard signing probably ever in his tenure as a coach. And what he did to stabilize this secondary was just huge for me. It's a little bit on the older side. What do you guys think about Rodney McLeod? Top five Ballard signing ever. Wow. Um, I probably wouldn't put him that high. He was tremendous this year. He was everything they needed. Um, and they got him so late in the game. I don't think he's back probably because they want to have the other guys mm -hmm. step up. And if there's one position Ballard drafts really well, like what in mind, linebackers and safeties. He usually and I'm not saying exceptionally well, but um I would say they let him walk. Yeah, I'm going to say he walks. I don't know if the Colts let him walk. Um, I just think Roddy McLeod's a guy at this stage of his career, if he's not going to retire, that he probably wants to play somewhere that they have the idea of winning now. And, I mean, the Colts are going to say all the right things, obviously, when it comes to not rebuilding and all these other things. You're going to hear retooling, our favorite word ever. Um, but just in general, the Colts are not a quarterback, a rookie quarterback away from competing. This is, this is not, and we're not drafting an Andrew Luck that's going to take a bad roster to 11 and five in year one. Um, I think Rodney McLeod deserves to go win somewhere, but I agree. He was a great guy overall, um, last year, great free agency signing late in the game. Top five ballot signing of all time is a little bit, um, high shot. So we may have to have you name some five here. Um, but oh, I should have said, I should have said defensive signing. I'm sorry. You're right. I should have specified that. 
I can I, get that. I, out. I'd still have to make a list. I'd still have to make a list. But we, we that's that's a topic. For I, 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 I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This this team. If you look at this this team really quickly, the defense was asked to do the impossible. Like literally this year, they played oh, with, and they'll tell you that too. Teams. Those guys, oh, really? like after <laughs> these games, were it? like, "I don't know what else we can do." And and they were polite about it, and they were good teammates. But like, they felt it. Like they felt like the burden of having to basically shut teams out or hold teams under ten. And the dam kind of broke at the end of the season. But you know, yeah. in talking to some of these guys and some pretty candid moments after some of those crazy losses, they. They definitely felt it. And I hope that's not the case this year because it's just unfair. And, I, you know, if Shaq's back, like, that changes things too and they can take the ball away more. But, mm. um, yeah, it's. I just hope that much pressure isn't on that unit again this season. Yeah, I think this defense um, with Gus Bradley, it was better from drive to drive as far as getting traditional three and outs and stops than they were with Matt Eberflus. But Matt Eberflus – that defense forced a lot more turnovers than this defense. And didn't did. give up a ton of points. Right. Yep. So, all right. I got three more names and then, you know, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Paris Campbell. Man, I'm torn on this one. Um, he's one of my favorite all time Colts in terms of dealing with. He's such a good human being. It's easy to root for him. He's been through a lot. You guys know all that. I think he goes elsewhere. I think someone's going to pay him probably more than the Colts are willing to, maybe the upside. The Colts were kind of waiting, but I think he can play. I've said that for years. Um, it wasn't a real offense this year. Like, it wasn't a fair shake for him. Of course, the one year he's healthy, they don't have a quarterback. Right. Um, yeah. I would love to see him back, but I'm not being objective here. Um, they need to add something at receiver, and I wouldn't be stunned if they drafted somebody and also signed somebody because I don't know where Strawn's at, and I don't know what they do with Ashton Doolin, who's another free agent. Um, yeah. but you know, subjectively, I, I want him to bring Paris back. Cause I just, I love talking to him. He's a good dude and he can play. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's so tough. I mean, that slot position, like the Colts just don't have anything. Um, I'm going to say nay for the same reason Zach did. Um, I, I think someone's going to pay him probably someone pretty familiar with Paris. If I had to guess, um, in a little bit warmer weather. Um, for Paris out in Carolina would be my guess of where he kind of ends up. Um, would love to have him back. There's just not a lot of slot guys here. And the other thing is, I mean, we have no idea what this camp battle is going to look like at receiver because a lot of those young guys, um, Michael Strong, um, Ashton Doolin, like all these people, like uh, the people who were banging the table to keep these guys are not here. I mean, Frank Reich is no longer here. I mean, Ashton Doolin had his fans in the room for the receiver room as well, I guess. But, like, Bubba Ventrone is not here to bang the table to keep Ashton Doolin as, like, that point. gunner. So, like, you have all these Ballard questions likes on – Ballard likes yeah, him. Ba Ballard does that. Like Ashton, I like Ashton Doolin, too. I, I'm a big um, – gunner is a real position. I'm just going to keep talking about it. Um, no, Nobody wants to. But Ashton Doolin is an elite gunner, and that matters. Um, I, I would love to see Paris back. I just don't think he does. Yeah, and the last two guys, uh, they're, they're in the same position group, of course. Uh, I know both of you guys know where I'm going with this. We'll start with Bobby Okereke first, and then we'll hit EJ Speed last. So what's, what you guys think about Bobby Okereke? He's going to be a Chicago Bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not breaking any news here. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I've talked to Bobby a lot, a lot about this at the end of the season. He's he's always been really good to talk to. Um Look, a lot of those guys love flukes, man. They love playing for him. They love the scheme. Um, Bobby's as a smart guy. He's not going to just jump at the most money. He's going to let this play out. One of the guys he talked to about free agency was Stephon Gilmore, who took his time when he signed with the Colts last year. Um, and I think, like I said a minute ago, Ballard can draft linebackers. You can make your complaints about Ballard, and they're valid. He's missed on some big-time positions on the offensive yeah. side of the ball and at defensive end and, and all that. But – He's drafted well at linebacker. And I think the fact that Shaq is assuming coming back, Zaire Franklin just had a billion tackles and showed that he could play, <laughs> not just be a backup. He needs to play. He's good. And I think to answer your next question, Sean, I think you bring EJ back because he can play. He's a good special teamer. And he's got those long arms and those traits you like. And um, he's going to be cheaper than Bobby. So I think you let Bobby walk. I think you keep EJ speed. 
Yeah, I agree on just about everything. I think Bobby's a Chicago Bear. I mean, I I wouldn't say I was as certain as I was that when Al-Qadim Muhammad became a free agent last year. Um, There was no doubt, right? It's pretty close. Like, I I feel like Bobby, with all that money they have in Chicago and Eberflus and the need to let Bobby play that spot and what's a very important spot in that Eberflus defense um, going over there, it just makes too much sense. And the EJ Speed – I would love to keep him. I think Bubba Ventrone is going to be banging the table to get him in Cleveland. I do um, for that special team aspect of it. I also think Bauer is going to be trying hard to get him back. It's just going to be about that number. Um, Cause at the end of the day, the, the linebacking spot after, I mean, is Shaq going to be ready for week one? Who knows? Like, like, I don't so, think they know. So then if, if he's not ready and you let both of them walk, we have Zaire Franklin. Um, I'm, I'm a big JoJo Doman Jojo guy. Dope. I know I, I know some people. Um, Rashad Rashad's gonna. I, I like JoJo. I do. I'm really curious to see what he looks like on the defensive side, more. Um, but JoJo Doman right there, and then a lot of question marks at linebacker after that. Like like, are we drafting four linebackers? I, I'm sure Chris would love to. I'm sure Ballard would love. If someone gave him he the green light to draft, draft offensive linemen and linebackers, that would yeah, be his just line. every yeah. time. Like, what's Dream. a quarterback? Yeah. Um, and I think but, I think free agency will tell us where Ballard thinks this roster is, where Ursay thinks this roster is. We know what they're going to do in the draft. And I haven't even thought about the other positions, but you know they're not going to draft a tight end, but they're going to probably draft a receiver and probably draft linemen on both sides. But like, how much money do they spend? And where do they think they are? Because they're going to bring in this young pastor. They want to grow their own guy. But if they spend a lot of money, does that think do they, if they don't spend a lot of money, is that thinking long-term rebuild? I think it'll be an an interesting representation of where they think this team is at because they've made moves the last couple of years under the premise. If we just help this quarterback, we can get there. We can win the AFC South and we can make a playoff run. But I don't think they're going to make any Stephon Gilmore moves this this offseason, right? right? I don't think they're going to make moves like that where they sign a veteran because they think they're close. Because they're not. They're just not close. So, yeah. Zach, I know you got to head out soon. I just want to ask one more question. This is one that you probably don't even want to answer. Um, if you had to call your shot, do the Colts trade up for a quarterback? I'm not going to make you name who the quarterback would be. Do the Colts trade up? And if you think they trade up, where do you think they would trade up to? At one at spot, one, two, or three? Sure. I think they trade up. Yeah, I think they do. It's interesting because I think Houston wants Bryce Young. And if I the Colts so zero in on C.J. Stroud, it depends on where they think their competition is for Stroud. Because ideally, Ballard just sits where he is. He doesn't want to give up a two. He really values twos, and he's hit on some twos before. This and an he early certainly two. doesn't get. He doesn't want to give up the one next year because he needs it. He's only made two first round picks. Am I right, Cordy Pay and, and Quentin? Am I right? And, oh, Malik Hooker. We're back in the day. Yes. Oh, Malik yeah. Hooker, very, first, very first, first round. Pick. Yeah. Very Three first round picks in six years. You need you need these blue chip players. They haven't had enough of those. Um, yeah, I I think they move up, but I think they do it with a guy in mind. I think they go up with a guy in mind, and and we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, you put me on the spot. I don't know. I go. I change my mind every five minutes, every day. Hey, like we all do. do. We all do. Oh. Now, if you're right or wrong, we'll obviously clip this and post it to either <laughs> praise you or get someone just attack you on Twitter. So of course, um... bring it on. It happens every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I just want. We just want to thank you for coming up, man, spending some time with us. And for those of you that can't get enough of Zach Kiefer. He released an article today, you know, just some post-combine thoughts and some more about Shane Steich and staff and and these quarterbacks that we all seem to can't get enough of. That's on the Athletic. Uh, You guys, make sure you go subscribe to the Athletic and and check it out. And hopefully, you know, you learn something from it because Zach is very informative in his article. He's actually uh, – I was looking at what one of the execs said. It's one of the funniest quotes, and he said he's so effing smart, you know, talking about – one of the guys, but that was make the sure first you guys thing you go said. check that out. That really, yeah, yeah, they That's like Steichen. I, I, Steichen is no BS, man. Like, he just gets to the point, he doesn't have long answers, he doesn't waste words. Um, it's been a little bit of a breath of fresh air, and and I like Frank Reich a lot, but they just kind of do things a little bit different. So, we'll see what it looks like. But Steichen's sort of the wild card in this. What he wants, remember, what, what has Ballard done in the past? The last three quarterbacks that he assigned, traded for, have. 
mostly been what his head coach wanted. Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. I think he will lean heavily on what Steichen wants, and, and that's that's why he's here. So that's going to be the fun part of it. Yeah, man. I, I joked with Bremer uh, and told him um, Steichen, Steichen wants Bryce. Ballard wants Richardson. They settle on Stroud, and you go play football. Well, who does Ursay want? He probably wants Young. <sighs> probably so. You know, that kid yeah. from well, Alabama. Not, sure it's it's not Young. It's just that kid from Alabama. But there you go. It's, the thing that everyone needs to actually take into account here is we're not drafting C.J. Stroud. We're drafting Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth. <laughs> You know what? On that note, Zach, thanks, man. Thank you for coming up and, and sharing some info with us, uh, giving us a kind of a peek behind the curtain of what happened at the Combine and, and your thoughts on this in-house free agency class. That was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you, Zach. That was Zach, man. I didn't want to put Zach through the agony of having to talk about Lamar Jackson because I know that's what you all are here for. And Destin, who's writing a, a fantastic piece about Lamar Jackson that should be out pretty soon, I'm going to let him give you his thoughts on what you think about this whole Lamar Jackson situation and how it relates to the Colts. I mean, first and foremost, something smells fishy, right? I mean, this is this is crazy. We're, we are a year removed from the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes being lucrative multiple teams interested Watson being able to tell teams, no, I don't want to go to you. I don't want to go to you. Uh, No, not you either. I'm going to go here and then actually go here. Like Watson, (laughs) like that was literally, that's the best way to describe how his off season was. I think, I mean, it really was, but Watson got to control all these things. And then you're going to tell me now Lamar becomes available for everyone wants to talk about the two first. If you look at all of the trades that have recently been done for quarterbacks, two firsts is nothing. Russell Wilson traded for more than two firsts. Deshaun Watson traded for more than two firsts. Like, and that's the thing, it's two firsts. No negotiating. The non-exclusive tag means if you sign him to an offer sheet and the Ravens don't match, two firsts go to the Ravens. That's it. That's the easiest trade negotiation that's ever happened. But instead of even meeting with him and going out, all these teams are just going out before they even talk to the guy. Yeah, a guy who recently won MVP. Like t- you can talk to me about the injury concerns. You can talk to me about whatever you want. There's just no way you're going to tell me Lamar Jackson is not worth two first round picks to teams that believe they can go win now, and especially if you're in the NFC. Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the NFC the day he steps in the building. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like that's how that's the landscape of the NFC right now. If you're a team in the NFC, you can compete with Lamar Jackson immediately because of that straight up fact. Yeah, man. It's one thing, and, and some people saw my tweet, and then most people had no idea. They they just took it completely the wrong way, you know. I don't have any issue with any team that's out on Lamar. Like, if you're out on Lamar, then that that's your thing. But to not do your due diligence or to say it so fast publicly that you're out on him just makes the whole thing just look crazy. Like, it, you don't have to vocally say if you're out on a guy. Like, it, it, But to make it a public announcement and make sure this it's guy – who's making to... the announcement too. Thank you. Thank the, you. It, the, these aren't these aren't people that cover the team independently, right? And are getting the inside scoop. These are all team based sources. The guys that if whenever something big happens and the team wants to let a guy break it, it's that guy doing it. Those are the people breaking this for each team right now. Yeah. Um. And shout out to my man George Nunn. He said, Stroud is garbage in the pocket, literally and analytically, the worst QB in college when pressured. Why is nobody talking about that? George must have just pulled up because I literally addressed that exact point earlier today when we was talking about Stroud when I referenced the Georgia game and why it was so important for, you know, his evaluation. But it's okay, George, because when this drops, you'll be able to go back and, and listen to the reasoning, and, and we discussed it. Lamar, but- the one playoff win guy. Well, I'll tell you this. Lamar wins more than one playoff game when his first game is against Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, um, instead of Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. That's all I'm going to say.
Yeah. So um, let's discuss. Let's let's take our first Twitter question because we have a ton of them and we're going to try to hit as many as we can in the short amount of time that we have left because we had a guest. So I'm going to start off with at primetime calico. His question was, so since the combine, is there a clear cut favorite at the QB position? You got to pick one. And I guess he asked a part two to this question. He said, did any guy surprise you at the combine? Um, I mean, so CJ Stroud is my number one quarterback. Um, I, I've believed for a long time that the mobility was a non-issue. Um, I, I just think it was a situation where he didn't do it because he wasn't asked to. And I think there's an element that gets played into it that quarterbacks of color kind of get placed in this category of being running quarterbacks all mm-hmm. the time. And you don't want to be stereotyped as that because that's a negative. So, I mean, if you don't run enough, it's a negative. If you run too much, it's a negative. Uh, We saw Lamar Jackson the entire draft process getting called a running back and saying he had to move positions because he ran. I mean, people are still picking Anthony Richardson apart after what he did at the Combine because they just don't think he's ready as a passer. So, to me, C.J. Stroud, I think, has a little bit of everything. I think C.J. Stroud is the closest thing to being a sure thing guy. Um, in this class, and I, I think that's what Ballard is going to swing for. I do. Um, so, I mean, I asked him earlier, but I, I think the Colts will trade up for a guy as well. Um, and I think if they do trade up for a guy, it'll be for C.J. Stroud. Yeah, man. He, he just raised his stock so high. I mean, but just by doing what we've known him to always do throughout, you know, the, pretty much the bulk of his career, whenever he – it would have been less – it would have been more surprising if he wasn't accurate you know and throwing dimes all over the field that actually would have got our attention a lot more than him going out there and just continuing to do what he's done on tape you know that and that's the good part when you see a guy in person and it reflects everything you saw on the tape you know that that's the validation you need and that gives you the confidence to to rank a guy accordingly and feel good about your evaluation of him Uh, anthony richardson you know we all knew that he was going to be a big riser throughout this process. You know, this is the type of situation that benefits him to a T, you know, going out there and showing his athleticism. It's not many people on on the earth that, that can compete with him athletically, you know, just what he can do at his size and and the speed and the power that he has. And he went out there and he threw the ball fairly decent, you know, Um, he he didn't show anything that I I didn't think he can do already. You know, it just pretty much confirmed everything we saw on the tape. You know, I still feel like Bryce Young is is QB one for me. I have CJ Stroud as QB two. I have Anthony Richardson as QB three, and Will Levis as QB four. I feel like I've been fairly pretty much consistent in that process. And CJ Stroud and Bryce Young is pretty close to me. They always were, and right now it, it's splitting hairs. To be honest. But I just like what Bryce what Bryce can do as far as the way he creates in the pocket. I just trust him more to give me a bucket in tight situations. And that's, to be honest, the combine said no, doesn't show that off. you know. So that's not Bryce's strength out there, just lining up in shorts and shirts and throwing with these guys who, who are a lot bigger and stronger than him. So, you know, that that's pretty much how I feel about that. How, what, what what do you think Stroud's playing weight actually is? I, I will say he weighed in better than I thought he would, even after having to add weight. And who knows how much water weight that was. Um, all I'm going to say is there's probably a reason he decided not to test with that weight. But what what do you think his playing weight actually is, Rashad? I think he's probably going to play at 215. I think oh, so. You, so, you think, so you think he's going to get bigger when he plays? Yeah. Yeah, I think because in the NFL – they're gonna want he's gonna want to put on a little strength, especially if he plans to run more. I think if he's if he's planning to run more, he has a type of frame that can actually put that can actually hold weight. So it's it's not like a, a Bryce Young situation. I, I think he's gonna want to get a little bigger and get a little stronger, especially if he's gonna be mobile in the NFL. He's taking a lot more hits than he ever took at Ohio State. Yes, yeah, so I mean, I, I'm the opposite. I think he's going to play in like the 185s, probably back to what he was playing in college. I think that's where he's more comfortable. I thought you said CJ Stroud. Oh, no, Bryce Young. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm saying okay. Bryce Young measured in higher than I thought he would. Oh, at 204. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, no. Well, Bryce, Bryce will play at about 190. 
187, something like that in that range. I thought I, you were talking I, I about think, CJ Stroud. I think he'll get back down to where near that. I don't know if he'll get all the way back there by the pro day, but I bet he's going to run his pro day. He's going to do some more of the drills mm-hmm. um, just to kind of show it off a little bit now that he's back to his a little bit better playing weight. But I uh, also probably bet he's not going to elect to weigh in at the pro day. Oh, of course not. You, <laughs> that'd be conflicting reports, and you don't want that. <laughs> what do you weigh, Bryce? Uh, check the combine. I'm 204 for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, but going on here to another question. Y'all are funny. So we just yeah, talked yeah. about Lamar. So just to talk about it a little bit specifically for the Colts, we didn't really touch on that. Any possible way the Colts could be in on Lamar? He, This person who is at Gotya13x, I would he would trade the four JT and Shaquille Leonard for him himself. So what do you think of the at at got you 13x? Um so he got you 13 times. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. That's the word uh, on the streets. <laughs> that's the you're snitching up here? That's what you're doing? <laughs> You're telling on people. Um, yeah. Now nah, I'm gonna give him a six. I'm, I'm cool with the name. Gotcha, thirteen times. Uh, I'm sure you have a reason on why you picked thirteen specifically, but until I know it, I can't bump you no higher. But I give you a six for that name. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna stick with like the first name, last name ish area. So I'm gonna go with the six and a half. I like it. At Gotcha, um, would be better if it was like at Gotcha Hat or something. Um, mm-hmm. But we will see. What's the measurement on Destin's t-shirt collar this episode? I mean, it's not too bad. It's like a dry fit shirt, though, so it kind of sits. I mean, I know. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I am one to pull and, and move on my collar a little bit, but no no, no skin for you guys tonight. Don't worry. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not showing off too much. But uh, thank, thank God it's no skin for you guys tonight. <laughs> but um, back to the question, any possible way the Colts could be in on Lamar, and then if if you want to share your thoughts on his package of the four JT and Shaq, feel free. Well, considering the the specific tag that Lamar has, it's it's going to be two first rounders. Uh, I don't think it's going to be any players involved. That's that's just standard procedure. That with the specific type of tag, you got the non exclusive tag. Um, that Baltimore gets a chance to match whatever contract anybody's offering him. If they don't match it, then they get awarded two first round picks. It's not really much room for negotiation in that regard. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that earlier. That like that's just like what the package would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, I mean, kind of said earlier. I mean, the only teams that should be in on Lamar are teams that believe you go get Lamar. You're ready to win right now. And I really stress the NFC aspect of it. Like I think AFC teams drafting the quarterback when you have the element to do it is probably the smarter route because you need to get the next sure thing and go that route. Um, the NFC is so wide open. I like. I just think I could name seven teams in the NFC that you could add Lamar Jackson to and then do what is necessary around it to compete in that conference this year. Like Mm -hmm. just that move, like Lamar Jackson does that in the NFC. Um, So I I don't think the Colts should be in on him, Um, but that doesn't, that's not an inkling of me not thinking Lamar is talented enough to do so or not worth to first. I think the Colts, are in a very unique situation where they have pushed off the drafting a guy for so long that now that you're in this striking distance at the four pick in a class that has four guys that, in my opinion, are first-round picks no matter the year. This is not because of the quarterback class of the right. first-round picks. They are first-round prospects. You have four of those guys in this class. It just makes too much sense for the Colts to stay put and do it. Yeah, I think if this was one of those situations where where the Colts just couldn't bottom out and it was picking mid to late in the first round, then I think it'll be a serious option that they would consider, especially if this roster was a, a little bit closer. You know, I, I don't think Lamar makes this team a Super Bowl contender right now. You know, I still think there's work to be done on this roster. And if you're in such a unique position to have the the fourth pick to be picking inside the top five, you got to go get that guy. The, the rookie contract is just too valuable. And you you have a guy that's actually similar from a profile aspect to Lamar, just a bigger version of him and Anthony Richardson. So if that's the kind of quarterback that you really like, you're in prime position to take a guy like that. So I think that's the reason you do that if you're going to do it, because signing Lamar to a $50 million a year contract, well, I have no problem with that because I think he's just that unique of a talent. Like you said, Destin talked about it. He's about a top six overall quarterback, seven overall quarterback, but he's probably a top two, top three weapon 
on the offensive side of the ball in the NFL. So I, I would never just say no to that and just completely jump out the window and say we're not interested without doing my due diligence on the situation. All right. Um, so, so this comment here from Stats, Matt, it's not about being that good. It's about the roster and the money. I honestly don't think it's about any of those things. I mean, the money is an aspect of it. I think it's a the principle. I mean, I mean, we haven't used the word collusion. We've been really, really good on this podcast and not called anybody out. I didn't um, want to we, use that word. We, we've touched on it. We've touched on it. Um, but, I mean, to me, it, it's not about those things. It, it's the principle that – the NFL as a whole is very against this fully guaranteed contract movement. Um, and once the, they start trickling in, it's going to be the expectation. Now, every other professional sports league, every contract is fully guaranteed. But the NFL is not that. The NFL has these risks with players, um, and they don't do that. But you can also make the argument that the amount of risk these guys are taking warrants the fully guaranteed contracts. But – I mean, that, that's fully what's going on. And that's what yeah. we kind of touched on is owners are very against that movement happening. And Watson getting it last year. I mean, we, we saw it after Kirk Cousins got it with the Vikings his first year. How long it took until another guy got that was Deshaun Watson this past year. And this year, they're not even playing around. I mean, Lamar was announced to be with the non-exclusive tag, and within 30 minutes, we had nine teams out of the race before it even started. So, I mean, that, that's my argument on it. Is I don't think it's actually about any of those things. I think it's a larger principle thing here. Mm -hmm. I think this is them taking a stand against something they do not want the league to become. I don't know how it's going to end up. I don't know anything about that. Um, but all I do know is I think there there is some interesting things going on. Yeah, uh, this this question is from our man Jason Sanders. He said he didn't get his at his new at name rated. He has that actually in the question. His at name is at HTX Hoosiers. So I'm assuming that's Houston Texans Hoosier from Indy. Probably lives in Houston. Oh, he actually said that in the question. Yeah, he's from Indy, lives in Houston. What you giving that at name? That's probably your at name. I think I might go seven with this one. If if he's also an IU fan, this is a seven and a half. Look, don't bring your bias to the show, man. Leave your rating. bias at home. It's my this, ratings. I'll do. I'll do what I got to do. See what I'm saying, it, it man. Can be who's your show? Bias. We could. We could. We can. It's March. <laughs> I'm letting anybody know if you got the word Trojans for USC. I have to specify what kind of Trojan I'm referring to here. If you have the USC Trojans in your ad name, I'm giving you a nine from here on out. So just hit me up. Just reach out if you want your wow. ad name rated. I give a seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Not go to the extreme. Okay, let me read Jason's question. He said, does Ballard have enough job security to draft a quarterback that may not start in his first season? Hmm. I mean, I think it will depend on how everything falls. I mean, I think he would prefer, like most of us, to have a guy that starts year one. I'm also going to push back on the, on the notion that, I mean, the guy everyone's talking about that can't start year one, day one, is Anthony Richardson. And I'm going to be honest, like, I don't think it will, would be the end of the world if he started day one. I don't. I mean, he would he have learning curves in the throwing element side of it? Yeah. But do we need to win next year? Like, what's the problem with him learning on the fly a little bit next year? I mean, the, to me, you let the guy learn while playing. I think he, he would get a lot of experience that way. And I think his floor is higher than people think because, I mean, when you watch his tape, he's not a – sporadic runner he's not a guy who senses pressure and leaves the pocket i mean he tries to stay in there and make a play man like he tries um like i i think he would be better day one than people expect him to be but mm -hmm. to answer the question in specifics I, I think ballard would prefer to trade up and get a guy he's more comfortable with playing right away a guy like stroud um i i, I just can't see ballard going a size outlier in Bryce Young. But Bryce Young, talent-wise, is my second-best quarterback. Um, but I do think Ballard would take Anthony Richardson over Will Levis. I do. I, I think Anthony Richardson and Will Levis have a lot of similarities as prospects, but I think Anthony Richardson has a higher ceiling, whereas Will Levis probably has a higher floor. And I think in that element and in where you are in the AFC and the landscape of it, if those two are the guys and they stay at four, he would take Anthony Richardson. 
Yeah, I actually think I'm I'm probably in the minority here, but I think Ballard would take Richardson over Bryce Young as well. You know, that's why when I tiered it uh, earlier this week, I put tier one CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, and my tier two is Bryce, and my tier three was Will Levis because I just feel like he he, I think they're comfortable taking Levis. If all the other guys are gone, I think they wouldn't have a problem. I, I, I'm i confident in Steichen's ability to build an offense around Levis. And that's really why I'm so high on all of these guys pretty much because I'm, I'm really high on Steichen and his ability to adjust what he wants to do and play to the strength of his players. And when you have a, a coach that can do that, you know, all of these guys are, are going to pretty much hit their floors. And what you're really trying to do is see if these guys have the work ethic and mindset to kind of reach their ceilings. So my thing is, if you're just going to bet on a guy, then, then you bet on you gamble on a guy like Richardson. If you want to be safe, then you take a guy like C.J. Stroud and you go out there and play football. But um, I don't think we have time for any more questions. I think this is good enough time that we have to head out because it's pretty close to 7 o'clock. They have another show starting in a second. So um, I just want to thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for tuning in to the live. I want to thank Zach Kiefer again for pulling up on us. Uh, Destin, do you have anything you want to shout out? I know you're working on a couple of articles right now. Destin, you're on mute. Damn it. We almost did it. All the way to the end. All the way to the end. Um, I have a couple pieces. Um, There was a top 30 um, interview kind of leaked today of a Colts prospect to be looking out for. I'll be touching on that. That should be out in the morning. Um, We talked about Lamar Jackson's fit with the Colts today, but I'm going to dive into that a little deeper um, as he's now a non-exclusive franchise taggee. So we're going to get to figure all that out. But the combine's over, guys. Mock drafts are going to be ramping up. Make sure you guys are following everybody's stuff at Horseshoe Huddle. Make sure you're following myself. Make sure you're following Rashad. Make sure you're following Drake, Andrew, Zach, Jake, Arthur. Uh, make sure you guys are on all that things, guys. And who knows? Um, I've heard that the SI team could be going on the road um, to be at some of these uh, upcoming draft events coming up. So make sure you guys are on the lookout. Yeah, I'm about to blow up uh, Jake's phone as we speak. So I, I need to get there. There's places I got to get. There's places you we need you at. We need to touch all these places and, and see these guys for the very last time before they become professional athletes, you know. And, and I'm sure the Colts the are using our tweets to indicate who they're going to draft. Well, I don't know, Destin. The last time when they broke the Shane Steichen news, I saw your tweet up there. You're getting famous. You're getting Hollywood. They got my, they got, they got my notifications on, guys. I don't know what to tell you. I almost said something. I'm, I'm in this broadcast, and I'm going to let you know what I really think about that BS. But, uh, oh, shout out to Stats Matt. He said, shout in a new suit. I got one. I really just went bought one last week. For the occasion. I don't know when I want to break it out. it got to be something special. Last year was for the draft. Who knows? Maybe I end up in Kansas City for when we take C.J. Stroud. You know, until next week, uh, we'll highlight you guys then. Thank you all for pulling up. We will see you all next week. Peace.